Are, Are you there, there God? God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? This week we are joined by comedian Jack Finnegan. He is a New York City comic and you can find him all over the city. He is absolutely hysterical. You can also check him out on Instagram and TikTok at jfinneganComedy. He's got some really good takes on dating, being dumped, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the moon, Four loco, and ketosis. So you should absolutely check him out after you listen to this podcast. And now without further ado, our conversation with Jack Finnegan. It is good to see you. We haven't seen you in forever. I know, I it's been a minute. It's I great to see you I've been very much out of the game. Well, so. congratulations, Becca. Because <laughs> you're out of the game. Dude, dude, Becca, congratulations. I haven't seen you since the wedding. And Thank you. That's it was beautiful. I was following it on Instagram and I was like, it's so gorgeous people. Thank you so much. It was fun. It was lovely. It was gorgeous. Yeah, Sid was there. It was there. Sid was there. Sid was there. And so we're um we were actually just going through today. We had like good girls gone sad stickers. And I was like, is it inappropriate if I bring them to the reception? And she's like, no. And then people kept asking for them. And so yeah. there's like we were pulling all of the wedding photos of people wearing them at the reception. Anyway, that's actually my mom's friend. She comes up with her husband. They're both wearing our good girl gone sad stickers. And she's like, oh, my God, I just met Sid. I love her. I feel like I know you both from the podcast. And I was like, I'm you actually listen. And her husband was like, oh, oh, we listen to every episode. You know what, dude, leave it up to like your mom's college roommate. She only had for six months who taught her how to hike to be your biggest like artistic fans. That happened to me. Like every time I see my mom, my mom went to school in SUNY New Paltz, and I've met all these women, like, you know, at my seventh birthday, at my 18th birthday, essentially. And they're like, she loves your stand up. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I kind of take it as just like because we do shit, like shit in public. Like it's just a way for them to pry. Like they just have access to us in this way. So I don't know if they're yeah. fans or they're like, I get to find out everything. I did feel like a celebrity though, because I literally went up to this one girl and I was like, I love your dress. She goes, Oh my God, I love your podcast. And I was like, Oh, oh who are you? And you were just like, What about the dress? <laughs> no, but I, I was complimenting her on her dress. And she goes, Oh my God, you're Sid. I've been like nervous to talk to you all night. I love the podcast. And I was like, Yeah, I am Sid. It literally felt like my wedding, to be honest. We're actually famous to Michael's friend's girlfriend. Yes, we really <laughs> That's were. Who it was. Oh, wow. Jackie. Shout out to Jackie if she's listening. Shout out, Jackie. And I never met her before the wedding. And she had a really cute dress on. No, good for Jackie. Say that with Tim, Jackie. I hope you're listening. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Jackie, Jackie, if you're out there, we support you, Jackie. Support you, Jackie. I hope Jackie didn't give up on us because of our bad audio, because here we are with new mics. <laughs> and Jack's got a mic and we're good to go. Yeah, here, yeah. here I am using computer mic, sort of still on NyQuil. We're doing it. And we're an energy ahead. drink. And an energy drink that I'm chugging because it will save my life. That's good girl gone bad. Energy, energy drinks? Energy drinks. Energy drinks. <laughs> bad. Strawberry guava energy drinks. Does that make it more? I mean, were you growing up, were you not convinced that one singular energy drink was going to stop your heart forever? I'm so yeah. convinced of that. Also, energy drinks more so represented a lifestyle when I grew up. Yeah. So, mm. Like monster energy drinks were like in vogue. I'm sure maybe they're still in vogue. But they were in vogue when I was in middle school. And those, we had this, there was a, like a 7-Eleven type place in my town called Welsh Farms. And kids would just, 
hang out in front of Welsh farms drinking energy drinks and you were like they're all gonna end up in prison <laughs> though I hope those kids have fun in the in the slammer when they get there like I was terrified of anyone who drank an energy drink and then like even and then four loco eventually started popping its ugly head mm-hmm. yes this is our second four loco mention is in- this the second four loco yeah. all right here's my four loco story I had I drank Four Loco and I came up during like the, we came up during like the prime of Four Loco when it still had like cocaine in it or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like that era. And uh, I had it once and my friend had a pool that was empty. She didn't have any water. I don't know why there was no water in the pool. And we sat at the bottom of it and I drank half of Four Loco and then cried and then, <laughs> and then just started crying. And then uh, that's all. I remember sitting at the bottom of an empty pool crying. And I think like the, it was like this girl who like I was sort of like hooking up with at the time and I couldn't hook up with her. I was just crying. She was like, I thought we were going to have a fun like high school experience. And I was like, but are you not like sad right now? Are you not like terrified of what's happening to your body? You're and like, she was like, this is fun. I thought like she thought it was gonna be like Perks of Being a Wallflower. And you're like, it's actually Noah Baumbach. She thought it was gonna be Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I was just in a Death Cab for Cutie song. Just like fucking <laughs> just like crying at the bottom of a pool that surely is a high school experience yeah it was a high school experience crying in the bottom of a pool i couldn't do the i couldn't do energy drinks i couldn't do fort loco it was bad it didn't no, work. i never had the, the the crack kind but in college we would have four locos like kind of as a bit like i got them for some party or something and we thought it was so funny that we were walking around with four locos and everybody wanted to talk about it so then for a while it was my personality was that I brought four locos to parties but but legitimately one time I had two and I ended the night sobbing you had two full four locos yes like over the course of a day it was like a darty or something like like a full day I had two and that was the other thing is I kept telling people but I just need one four loco and then I'm good I don't have to drink anything else I'm not taking shots this is how I'm like you know managing my sobriety that's so funny that's like I don't like I don't need coffee I'll just do cocaine like, but I have a plan. Well, also during this time, I might cut this, but I found out that friends of mine were doing cocaine and I also cried over that. So Oh, me too. That also happened to me at that time. I, I literally sobbed at a party and everybody was like, Are you okay? And I was like, My friends were doing cocaine and they were really weird about it. Oh dude, I did a thing. Do you remember those like candies that looked like cigarettes? Yes. Yeah. So I remember when I was like eight like young I had a friend who was smoking he he was pretending to smoke one like he was like it's a cigarette and I thought it was a cigarette so I told his mom <laughs> and I was eight, like literally we're like eight and I remember I ran because we lived in the same neighborhood he was smoking it I was such a narc I like ran to his house for like he was smoking it and I immediately turned around ran to his house knocked on the door got his mom said Christian smoking cigarettes she freaked out. They mobilized, like the moms mobilized and had an intervention with Christian. And then he was like, it's a, it's a sugar stick. But I thought it was, I really thought it was a cigarette. That's so funny. And, and the way you took action. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I think that sounds I took like action. a good girl origin story, but we're going to ask you officially. That right kind now. of crap, I have a lot of. Like yeah. that, I remember... <laughs> There was this family in my neighborhood. So my neighborhood, like, growing up was very much like Andy Griffith. Like, not, like, every house, just a picture of an American house. 
that was the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Jersey and this Italian family moved in and they knocked down the house that was there, like the nice little American house. And they built a house that looked like a Roman Coliseum. Like it had like pillars and like looked and they drove an Escalade and they were just very flashy. And the neighborhood kids decided this won't stand. So they started ding dong ditching them to death to the point where they moved. Like, oh my they, God. like they eventually moved because they were ding dong ditching them that lunch. And I remember once I was hanging out with these kids. Wow, this is bringing back, this is bringing back flashbacks. Near my neighborhood, there was a cul-de-sac and all the bad kids lived on the cul-de-sac because of course they did, right? Mm-hmm. With their monster energy drinks. With their monster energy drinks and their bikes with pegs. Oh. It was like bad kids with pegs. And they were like, uh, we were hanging out one day and they were like, oh, we're going to ding dong ditch that family tonight and they were like jack are you down and i remember being like i have to do this once and i was like i'm gonna maybe be down and i went home and i told and i couldn't lie to my parents i had no ability to lie to my parents and i remember the compromise i struck with the kids was like i can't actually do this because i'll throw up but you can park your bikes near my house and then when you need to run, you can come and get the bikes because I'd live near that family and dip. So I could be like essentially the parking spot for the getaway car. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad that. I was like, hey, just quick pitch. I'm not going to ding dong ditch. But if you see a bunch of bikes outside, that's because they're using us as the getaway car. And he was like, no, they're fucking not. And then he just <laughs> like absolutely reamed these kids when they ran back. But that's how much I just could not break a rule. I just yeah. couldn't do it. So I, you know, I don't know who compromises to be the getaway car in a ding dong ditch. That's not because great. You just wanted to, but you, you also wanted to get rid of this family or were you trying to be cool? Like, what was your motive? I wanted to be, I just wanted to be part of it. <laughs> I think yeah. It was kind of like all the kids went from playing stickball to ding dong ditching. And I was like, well, how do I play this game? Mm-hmm. Essentially the family wasn't great, but like, I don't know if I wanted to get rid of them, but when they left, I felt bad. <laughs> they ding-dong ditched the neighborhood. Yeah, they literally, they, they ding-dong ditched the neighborhood. We literally abused, like, this family got harassed out of the neighborhood. It was oh so, it's kind of funny in hindsight. And the dad, the rumor was he wanted to be in the mob, but the mob wouldn't let him in. Oh like they were like he just really wanted to be a mob guy. And the mob was like, you're such a prick. Uh, and they just wouldn't let him in. That's such an iconic rumor. I know. You yeah. should you should write that. <laughs> I should try. That's a great TV show. I Barry see, meets, oh my god, that is a great TV show. Yeah, Barry meets suburban New Jersey. Where Barry he's, meets like, the Sopranos. Like just trying every like you're like, what what else can I do to get in the mob? They're not letting me in. <laughs> he wanted to be apparently he wanted to be in the mob. And then his so he wanted to fight like really bad people, and instead he was just fighting an army of 13-year-olds on BMX bike. <laughs> A mob in its own right, just as scary. A mob in its like, it was to me at the time. Yeah, I mean, teenagers are, you, are terrifying. Teenagers scare the living shit. Yeah, we had so much. There was so much crap that was like a seventh heaven episode. Like they would just be like, <laughs> like someone like found like a K, in like a or it was I don't know what the hell it was, but someone had, it was just like a sharpie marker, like a K on like a swing set seat, and people are like, it's a gang, and there are gangs here. And we all thought there were gangs in our neighborhood because there was just, we just were like inventing shit in our heads to make our neighborhood seem more dangerous when it wasn't. But I believed it and I was terrified. Oh, I was just gonna say, everything I hear about New Jersey, like childhoods, I'm like, that's not real. Like 
my friend told me about Mischief Night, which... You guys didn't have Mischief Night? No. No one had Mischief Night? I literally think it's only a thing in New Jersey. Well, hey, Michael, did y'all have Mischief Night? They didn't have Mischief Night, but they had something similar in Detroit where they they lit... There are other names for it. Yeah. They lit old houses on fire in Detroit, so it doesn't sound <laughs> That's as, so much worse. Yeah, it's, it's not as innocent as He what threw I toilet paper on a tree. They were <laughs> committing arson? Yeah, no, I th- it's like a real problem in Detroit, I think. Michael can give us the history sometimes. That is so funny. Speaking of Mistress Night and kind of back to what you were saying earlier, I feel like all good girls have an instance of the first time they did a prank and then just felt horrible and like it's just an unsuccessful prank. Ooh. Like the ding dong ditch thing. You were like, okay, I'm going to be like part of this. I remember yeah. one time I, we like called a pizza place and like, like had funny accents and like placed a fake order. And I told my dad and he was like, never do that again. And I felt so bad. It also just like, we weren't committed to the bit enough to pull off the prank Dude, I, I had too much anxiety to order pizza. Right. So I, I, was I, like, I remember I remember the first time I was babysitting my younger siblings and I had to call a pizza place and I was like I had like stage fright. I didn't I, know. I still have stage fright for that kind of thing. It's like yeah. literally Michael will like look at me and be like, you have to call. I am not calling for Dude, you. Dude, I don't call do because now in the age of like seamless and everything like I've never the, if I have to call you, I don't call you unless I've known you for 25 years. <laughs> like I don't know I don't know if I have the like I still won't call a restaurant if I like that's insane to me even even sometimes like if I'm calling my friend I'll like text them to see if they're free like for some reason just calling somebody out of the blue I'm like that yeah, I'll never like, do what, that are we yeah. organizing world war ii like I don't I'm know gonna ambush you with a phone call <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not doing that um wait Becca uh do you have a instance of you tried to prank and it didn't work I was trying to think oh oh <laughs> well I'm like kind of a good liar but I don't lie very often but I am quite good at it when I set my mind to it and um when I this is actually like kind of a morbid prank now but when on April Fool's Day when I was like seven I called all of my friends and told them that Britney Spears had died wow and I don't know why I thought that was a funny prank but I like really remember being like I got him <laughs> that's so mean it that's was so- really dark I don't I don't know why I did that I remember I told my friends, it's not a prank, but I was trying to convince, because like kids started dating in middle school and I was not, no, uh, that wasn't happening. And I remember I was playing, do you guys remember Club Penguin? Oh, do I? We didn't have it, but I've heard people what talk about we it. Didn't have or like it? I wasn't part of it. I don't oh know. dude, it was mini. That means you had like real life friends, congrats. Yeah. Also, oh, I-, I think I'm like two years older than y'all and I feel like that's the kind of trend that like it's very specific in a we were yeah because we're the same age right Jack yeah I'm 29 okay I'm 28 okay I'm 30 so it doesn't make sense that I would have different trends (laughs) (laughs) it was just mini clip so old that I don't think I can relate to you youths (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I remember on Club Penguin where all my friends started dating they'd be like I hooked up I kissed some girl behind the swing set or whatever the hell and I, me and my friend Nico convinced our friends I had a girlfriend from Florida named Sharon Garofalo. Great I don't name. know why we came up with that name. Sharon Garofalo, and she was from Florida, and we were dating via Club Penguin. I actually had a fake boyfriend, too. I'm remembering this now. I forgot. Fake boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. I had a fake boyfriend. I don't I, remember I, why. There was some sort of reason. We had a real reason, and it was well thought out, and there were many of us in on it, but I don't remember the point of it <laughs> no I never had a fake boyfriend we did actually catfish my friend on AIM too you catfished your friend on AIM 
Yeah. Michael's leaving because he's finding out all these horrible things about Becca. Jesus. It, it was very, <laughs> it was very short-lived. We only did it for like a second, but. I guess yeah. I did kind of catfish someone on accident. Not re- uh, my friend Nico, shout out Nico, was like, Nico was like the cute kid who girls were really into. And I was like the fat friend who would just be funny around them, which I, which I was beautiful at, right? <laughs> But he was dating this girl, dating. They were only dating officially on AIM, but they yeah. wouldn't really talk in school. Yes. I right? Know the type. Well, that's and, like the TikToks of like the hug, because the hug yeah. still happens. Like everyone gathers around and it's, like, oh, it's the official hug. when the like oh, yeah. two kids finally hug. Oh, I have a story about that. But when I, when uh, they were dating on AIM, Nico came, he would come over to my house every day after school and I would be the one to talk to her because I was better at typing on AIM. So you know mm-hmm. the Bergerac style. Kind of. And Nico would just, I would, Nico would just be like, I approve of that send. Like, it would kind of be like that. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so fucking, that in hindsight, that's really not cool. But at the time, it felt like a normal thing to do in middle school. I don't know. This yeah. would feel normal in middle school. That is in a, some sort of Netflix movie recently is like about that. Yeah. It's really? It's the Bergerac. Yeah, but that's not a Netflix movie. Well, but they just keep, <laughs> yeah. they just keep remaking Yeah, it. yeah, yeah because it's an old i've definitely ghostwritten for people like on tinder and hinge and stuff yeah we were always uh we're always actually no i'm very funny over text i don't really group stores (laughs) i'm dumping somebody like i'm a great at banter i yeah i'm i I am i feel like i would have moments where i'd be like is this gonna come off as very mean (laughs) yes is this actually funny or is it gonna sound mean? mean But other than that, yeah, I feel like the crowdsourcing mostly on like dramatic texts. Like if you have to break up or be broken up with, yeah. those are when you have to get your friends involved. Now I just use chat GPT. Do you actually? A chat GPT breakup is amazing. You, wait, do you do it for breakups or like just talking to like dating app people? I, I've only really done it once, but it was to like confront a friend who I was pretty sure was mad at me. And I was like, I don't know how to like address this. And so my friend and I used chat GPT and then we kind of just like edited around it. And honestly, it was it worked. Uh, pretty good. It was pretty I good. might, I might steal that. You should. I yeah. mean, also it like takes your emotion out of it, especially yeah. if you, um, like I just had so much anxiety about the situation in general that I was like, I like couldn't find the words. Yeah. yeah. It, it helps. Yeah. And then also chat GPT was like, it's really hard to lose a friend. Um, like, Da, 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 da. And I was like, Chuck BG is so nice to me. Wait, is this the circumstance that I know about? Yes. Well, also, I feel like that person would have really appreciated that you used ChatGPT. That is so funny. If I'm talking to people, I don't like I had a rule. I heard um what's her name? Who's the woman from SNL? Leslie uh, Jones? Yeah, Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. She had a quote where she said. I think she was talking about stand-up, but she was like, just say the first thing that comes to your head. And she was like, because that's the one that comes from God. And I was like, that's hilarious. But it actually works because I'll do the thing. If you like write a sentence and if I look at that sentence for more than like 10 seconds, I'll decide it's the craziest thing anyone's ever said. Mm-hmm. Even if the sentence is like, see you soon, like it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, just write the first thing. That's my version of it. But chat GPT is, that's awesome. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever just written, written a sentence and been like, this sentence is good. <laughs> like, I'm like, I got to stare at it for days and weeks and go back to it. Like every time I send an email, because my office doesn't really do emails that much. And so whenever I do have to send an email, even if it's just to be like, 
here are the PTO days I'm requesting or whatever. I like look at it for hours. I'm like, is this right? Did I ask correctly? Am I, is there anything, are there any typos here? <laughs> like, Well, my, I just write too much. Like I'll, oh, yeah. my instinct is I'll write you two paragraphs for what could be one paragraph. Mm -hmm. I, I never give enough context because context is where the devil's in the details, right? So I'm like, yeah. hey, can you do this thing or X, Y, Z? And people will be like, you need to give them a little bit more context. <laughs> right. But my context is just sentences that are like, I hope this finds you well. In <laughs> yeah. regards to what we were speaking about yesterday afternoon, like just too many words. Instead mm -hmm. of like, here's the file, have fun. Right. Exactly. Like, I just can't do it. But you guys, I forget what we just said that reminded me of this, but um, this is this goes into the good girl category. I remember what, like in middle school, I, I grew up in a very Jewish town. So I went to like about 20 bar mitzvahs in one year, mm -hmm. one year. And I remember at bar mitzvahs, the thing was like people weren't really hooking up yet, but the version that was hooking up was grinding on the dance floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. D grinding was like the like like it would people in school the next day would be like did you hear they grinded like that kind of crap and I was the last one to grind I was so scared to grind with somebody yeah. that it became like a thing I think like it kind of became like Jack hasn't grinded yet in the, <laughs> it was like it, like in that kind of way and I remember I was at I think it was my friend Jeff's bar mitzvah Shout out to Jeff. Still, I saw Jeff two days ago. He had an okay. SNL-themed bar mitzvah, and it was sick. That um, is cool. That's a good theme. It was nice. And I remember I was on, and I also dressed, like, so my whole town was Italian and Jewish. The Jewish kids dressed pretty well. The Italian kids at bar mitzvahs dressed like they were at a club now. Like, <laughs> like They, like, were dressed to, like, get laid at the age of 11. And we were... Turtleneck and blazer. It was... I remember I showed up to pre-game of bar mitzvah and my dad had dressed me in like I looked like an Irish kid going to church like khaki <laughs> pants button down a tie that probably had a baseball on it you know what I mean yeah and my friend literally had like a shiny black showing chest like let's <laughs> go to bar mitzvah and I remember I started crying and yelled at my dad because I told him that would happen and he was like in the bathroom furiously trying to make me look cool but like I don't know he was a 48 year old Irish dad like he wasn't gonna do a good job so I remember him just like kind of unbuttoning one of my buttons, taking the tie off, like trying his best, but it wasn't working. And we went to this bar mitzvah and I would just stand on the edge of the dance floor and kind of sway. Yeah. Or do a, like a little sway. Mm -hmm. And there was this girl, Tara. Shout out, Tara. I'm just going to shout, shout out. Tara. Tara. Tara was dope. And I remember I like, first of all, I never figured out how to grind all the way through being 23 or whatever, when people were still doing that in college. But I remember Tara was there and I, I, the way people usually grind is they just started, started to grind. Like it was just like, you just started to grind. I proposed my first grind. I like, I remember being like, Tara, will you share this grind with me? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we started grinding horribly and people lost their minds because I was grinding. So my first grind was in a dance circle. Yes. Like people circled around us. And that is the most, I had to do crap at 13 that I could not do today. Like that is, <laughs> it was terrifying. And I just remember that. I don't know if I grinded again until I went to the University of Madison, Wisconsin. 
but like at the time that was I remember I proposed my first grind and people were like you don't need to ask you well you don't need to ask kind of like slowly come together and then you're like right. hands kind of slowly go around the way right so yeah there's and a, then eventually there's, there's like a, a recognition that both people wanted to happen and there's sort of like a docking system that takes place yes it's like sort of like someone's yeah, someone's trying to like I don't know resupply the space station like it's just sort of like <laughs> like kind of happens I, I could there was no way I had the confidence to do that so I was like Tara do you want to grind and I remember her face because Tara was grinding left and right like Tara knew what she was doing uh-huh. and I remember she had this face like yes Jack yes buddy we Aww. could do she was like, for you, buddy, anything. She was like, oh, it was like a like a make-a-wish. <laughs> like, <it was> like, <laughs> like that's what it felt like at the time. Oh my god. But oh I god. just and I remember me just going, I don't know what I was doing. So I was just literally just going vertically. Like there was no sway. It was just right. I was kind of doing a leg workout. I was kind of just squatting. Yeah, yeah I've know. I've been in a bad grinding situation. It's like if your rhythm is off, it's like painful. It's mm-hmm. tough. Um I, that reminds me, I did not grind because grinding was wholly inappropriate and yeah, there was no grind. room for Jesus, right? You had to leave room None, for none at all. No. It was at a bar mitzvah, so who needed that, you know? Oh, that's so true. true. Jesus wasn't there. Jesus, also, had, <laughs> Jesus had nothing to do with it. <laughs> do with at the it. Time. Um, but at prom, like the cool kids would be in the center and the lame kids, the pious kids were like out on the, the out rim. Kids. And I remember... One time someone like looked at me and was like, Sid, be cool, cover us. And so me and my boyfriend at the time were like recruited to like shield the grinding kids oh from the chaperones. That was my claim to fame. And That's... I was like, I don't want to be cool. I was kind of like, I want them to get caught. You're not supposed to be doing that here. But, um, and then you could always tell who was grinding because like guys would have like glitter crotch. <laughs> they would have <laughs> like, what? Like glitter crotch from like oh that is or whatever. So funny or like feathers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like that's a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, I was such a narc too, but actually like to the point where people just didn't behave badly around me because they knew. Actually, th- I've told this story on the podcast before. I ended up living in my sorority with someone I went to high school with, and she was like talking about going to a party, and I was like we didn't have parties. And she was like, oh, we did. We just didn't invite you because we knew you would tell. Oh man, that's good. Yeah. That's hilarious. I remember speaking of the fact that I'm, I'm, I have a cold and there's some over there. I remember the first time I ever drank, all of my first drinking experiences were at concerts. Like oh. we would take like the train into the city and go see, I had friends who were like into really cool music. So that was nice. And we would take a train into the city and go to these concerts, like when we were like in eighth grade, like kind of young to do that. And I remember the move was, and you still see it on NJ Transit and I love seeing it because it just like reminds me of my youth. There's always kids with water bottles that are just filled with vodka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the move. And I remember my friend had- Warm green. and crinkled. Yeah. Yes. Oh, always so crinkled. Poland to be crinkled for a, some reason. A Poland spring water bottle that is like the water- expired nine years ago uh, yeah. uh-huh. and it was a paranoid kid who like dug it out of the recycling bin so their parents wouldn't notice there was a water bottle yeah. missing exactly and it was that and I remember my friend had green apple vodka because that's I don't there was no liquor before the age of 22 that didn't have like a fruit associated with that it. was my my drink of choice in college as well green apple vodka yeah. yeah it was always green apple vodka grape burnettes there was always something yeah with cream Whip, yeah Hi- oh the, the UV 
pinnacle whipped vodka yeah. the uv that crap was deadly poison po- absolute poison but i remember they had filled the green apple vodka they'd filled the water bottle up with green apple vodka but that day i kind of had a cold and i took a day quill like i took a shot of day quill and i read the back of the day quill and it was like do not drink with this like that's a bad idea and on the train i was having a panic attack the entire i thought i was gonna die Oh my gosh. Like they, like they were making me drink it. And I remember drinking it being like, this is the end of, I can't do this. I can't mix Dayquil and alcohol. I'm going to die. And I went to a concert and it was my first time drinking. So I got absolutely blackout drunk because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And we were on this dance floor. And I remember watching the concert the whole time being like, this is the last night of my life because <laughs> I mixed Dayquil and alcohol. And I told my friends about it and they were like, stop telling me about it. So I just started telling random people at the concert. <laughs> I started going around the dance floor drunk and I was like, do you think like hypothetically, if you were to have Dayquil and drink, would that be okay? And they're like, we're in Manhattan. I'm on Molly right now. Like, <laughs> like, but that, I remember I went around the concert and my friend had to stop me. He was like, stop telling people that you just drank Dayquil and vodka. Just stop, stop. You're ruining a concert for multiple people, including us. But I was just scared. I'd really thought that it was a bad thing to do yeah no I, I've, I've been take, there I've been there I take medication instructions very seriously too yeah it's my bible <laughs> it's my bible <laughs> I feel I mean you you probably can't relate to this Jack but like the the reading of the tampon box I feel like that was like when I became a woman was when I read the tampon box and had extreme fear over toxic shock syndrome and was like you know what I don't think I need to do this I don't think I need to this <laughs> like i'm gonna die i'm or lose limbs there's so many things that could happen to me with toxic shock syndrome i think i'm good and i would read the box like regularly to try to like convince myself and then i'd be like mm, no oh I would, too, I would i had to re- really revisit the tampon instructions the illustrations multiple times mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm still not ready for this the day will come and it hasn't really <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting for a box that makes me feel safe. <laughs> Literally. That, if I've ever gotten like a small warning once, that warning is burned into my brain. That's like, that's how free bleeding started. It was just a group of really anxious girls who didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not actually some kind of movement. They were just like, we're just scared, actually. We're really, really scared of tampons. Yeah. Well, and then they were like, try the cup. And I was like, okay, maybe. And then I saw somebody who was like, oh, actually, it can like the suction can pull out your uterus. And I went, never mind. Did you know about that? No, I had no idea about that. I didn't know that. Jack, you didn't know about that? I didn't know about that. (laughs) That'd be crit. What a a horrible design flaw that would be. (laughs) How do we not catch this in testing? Definitely don't have to worry about your period anymore. Nope. But I believe that on airplanes. I still don't poop on airplanes. Because I was told that if you poop on an airplane and you flush while you're pooping, it will suck out all your organs. What? We didn't need to know that. No one needs to know that. Someone, no, Jack, no. Someone told me if you're sitting down on an airplane and you flush while you're sitting down, the suction is so powerful that it will all of your organs will come out and it will flush them down. And I still sort of believe that. What is real? I'm just, that's so funny. Um, uh, Listeners, please call in if you've heard this. Please call in. <laughs> Do yeah. we have any GI doctors who have seen <laughs> organs sucked out by planes? Do any of Becca's mom's friends have experience with this? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I feel like we pretty well have your 
origin story unless yeah. there's anything else you'd like to share. Well, I just like to ask, like, why do you think you are this way? Like, yes. I feel like sometimes you can't pin it down, but sometimes there's birth order, religion, whatever. Do you think there's a... I think birth, I, I think you kind of just hit it twice. I think it's birth order. I'm the first, I'm the oldest. Mm. So my parents were like the strictest with me. Yeah. It was like the one that like, my dad didn't know, like my dad grew up with like very like, I like Irish. He, he always quotes this Jim Gaffigan, uh, this Jim Gaffigan joke where Jim Gaffigan was like, we weren't just, we weren't just Catholic. We were Shiite Catholic. Like it was like that level of like, they were very, very strict. My parents were very much, oh, you kids get to school. I had to walk eight miles in the snow, like that kind of crap. So I think he just like knew with me, it was just like, let's just go strict and work our way back from there. So like, I had to go to like every last day of school, like other kids would like not have to go to the last day of school. I went to the last day of school. So it was like that kind of stuff. So I think I was really afraid to do anything like well, the first time I got caught drinking it was like a bad day in the house like mm-hmm. bad and then by the time my little brother was a senior in college in high school he was having glasses of wine at dinner like it just didn't matter so it was that mixed with we went to church every Sunday and I think it was like the fear of God was just like put in like it was that like I remember very vividly thinking masturbation was a sin like very hardcore believing that and so like I'd be like a horny 14 year old boy and I'd masturbate and then be like I'm going to jail and I would like I would pray to Jesus and uh like ask for forgiveness so I think it was like a mixture of like it was church and older child and then that I think that's what it was and also the kids around me were so not me like everyone was so it was the Italian kids with the button off shirt so I was like I don't think I'm supposed to be that way like my people are out there somewhere (laughs) <laughs> just like acting like me and then these kids are just doing what these kids do and that's I think that's it yeah that's very well put I do think it's funny that you said I masturbated so I'm gonna go to jail because I thought that it, it feels that way you're like oh I'm not going to hell I'm going I'm going to hell and jail I'll go to jail I'll go to hell eventually right but yeah, first, the first jail but jail is first yeah yeah no I I know it feels that way like everything just feels so life or death or jail life yeah. death and jail I used to, I, I don't know, you, when you literally believe there's someone in the sky watching everything you do, you're like, uh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. And that, that lasted for a while. And then, yeah, I think it was that. And then just like Irish Catholic reservation, I guess, I, I guess. Were your parents religious? Or like they, in the way that they made you go to church, but it was kind of like more no. just strict. They were, they, 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 I think they, they sent us to church because they went to church. Yeah. Like they, I don't know if they were, they weren't like religious. And by the time we got to, like now we don't. But like, like by the time I got to college, I think they were just like, we're done with this. We're done with this. Yeah. But I think like growing up, they're like, this is how we were raised. This is how you'll be raised. Like they weren't really trying. My parents weren't trying to instill the fear of God in me, but then sent me to CCD, which was Catholic school every Tuesday, where they were like, that is our explicit goal. (laughs) And so it kind of happened by proxy. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we'd like to ask now, we know your good girl origin story, what made you sad? What made me sad? Mm -hmm. What made me sad when I was younger? It could also be what makes you sad currently. This is a really open-ended question. This is like a therapy session. I like this a lot. We agree. We're opening up. To be honest, when I was younger, what made me sad was like, oh, we're getting, let's get deep. When I was younger, what made me sad was like, it was growing up, generally. 
Like, I think like a lot of my anxieties when I was younger were, were based around the fact, like I've always said I'm four years behind everyone else. Like, and I, and it's kind of like to a T like I never, like when kids were ready to start drinking, I wasn't ready to start drinking until four years later. So like, and then like the level kids drank in college. Like, I remember I showed up to college and it was like orientation week and they were like, Oh, we're going out. And I'm like, we're going out the first week. That seems a little insane. Like, don't we want to get like our dorm settled first and stuff like that? Like, I just wasn't ready. Yeah. Like I had a very high school relationship in college. Like with the way like we acted together was like very high school. And like, to the point where we were listening to like Jack's mannequin and crying, like crap. I don't know if that hits with anybody. It does. Uh-huh. But it was very Dark much blue. like I would yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> in a crowded room. And like, I, so I remember like just being in high school in college, sort of like I started listening to all that music and like trying drinking in college. And then that, re- and then four years later after college, when I was like 23, I was ready to drink like kids did freshman year of college. So it was always like this kind of like lag time that like, so, but when it, when that started in high school, it was, cause like I said, my neighborhood was very Andy Griffith. Like kids would go out and play tag and like we all, my neighbors had a goddamn dinner bell. So like we knew we were done playing when we heard the bell. Constant games of catch. Yeah. We would just stop and the Kirks have to go home because if the Kirks went home, that kills like half the game because there's three of them. So it was just like, that was the end. So I grew up in a very like Americana, like kind of, I don't think kids grow up that way anymore where you're just like running around backyards and crap. And that was really fun. And then when kids started to want to drink and like hang out with girls and like do dotty things, I remember just not being able to handle it. And that, uh, that made me really like, that was like, that was like the, uh, the engine for my anxiety in like early high school into late high school was just not being able to keep up with everyone so I think that was the sadness then now I think life in general I think adulthood great uh I don't know what makes me sad now it's like other people a lot of the time it's like a lot of like I think this goes back to being like the firstborn, where you just very much feel like you have to like take care of everybody even though you don't so you kind of like you project uh when other people are going through a hard time, I put it on myself that I can't fix it. And it gives me a lot of anxiety that like, I should be the one fixing this, even though it's like, you can't, but like, I will still project that and still be, it's, it goes back to being like the kid in high school who like, I was like, my friends would, I'd hold people's hair when they were throwing up, but I'm not throwing up. You know what I mean? So when you get that role in your head, you kind of like keep it with you for a while. Very good girl thing to do is hold your friend's hair maybe and, and and then like make the conscious decision not to narc on them you're like you know what like i remember the yeah. first time that i was like it's okay this is happening and like i like i like consciously yeah remember that was kind of my like going sad it's like, like there's nuance to this like not well, only remember, that kids drink or whatever mm-hmm. i remember my two friends it was like my two best friends still two of my best friends they were smoking weed and they knew i wasn't going to be into smoking weed And like one day they invited me to smoke weed. And this is such like a 15 year old thing to do. The way they smoked weed is they would go into the woods because you had to go into the woods and they would bring, they would, I don't know, they would bring a white t-shirt that they just had in their drawer and they'd wear the white t-shirt and they would smoke weed in the white t-shirt and then 
take off the white t-shirt and leave it in the woods. And just because they didn't want it to smell like weed. So they, every time they smoked weed, they like sacrificed their shirt. And I remember the first time I went with them, I didn't smoke weed, but I watched them and I was like, this is, why can't we just go back to playing tag? This feels dumb. <laughs> this feels stupid. So I did a lot of watching people smoke weed in early. I've done a lot of watching people smoke weed. Becca has watched a lot of yeah. people smoke weed. I've watched a lot of people smoke weed. And they would try to get me to smoke weed. And eventually I tried it. It took me so long to get high for the first time. Cause I just, I was like, here, I'll try it. And I like put it in my mouth and blow it out. Like I wasn't trying to smoke weed. Right. Oh, I was yeah. like scared. And then this is probably the whitest thing about me. The first time I got high was at a Dave Matthews band concert. <laughs> and I immediately passed out, collapsed on the floor of the concert. They were like, I remember my friend who we went to this music festival and Dave Matthews band was headlining the music festival. And for three days they were trying to get me high and I didn't want to do it. And I was scared. And I was like, this fucking sucks. I was wearing a button down shirt at a music festival. And eventually we were at Dave Matthews band and I smoked and for whatever reason it worked. And I remember I started to feel like bad. I was like, Oh, this, something's going wrong here. And I leaned over to my friend. I was like, dude, I'm feeling something. And he was like a good way. And I was like, I don't think so. And then I collapsed on the floor. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. I threw up the first time I smoked weed. Did you really? Yeah. Threw up. I've never smoked weed. Becca never has. Have you never smoked weed, Becca? No. She's never done any drugs. No, it's so funny because at um our show in December, I like I have a joke about never doing drugs and this guy came to the after party. Yeah. And he was he's like a character of a person but I was with he was with my old co-workers and they were like I can't believe you've never done drugs and the people who worked with me were like I can't <laughs> right um, but we were all kind of like talking about it and he was like we gotta we gotta get you to try some drugs like let's let's all do cocaine together and I was like first of all I met you today so. and, and yeah and they want you to go zero to cocaine yeah I was like it's <laughs> I was like I went to a state school like I was in a sorority I had options yeah. and I didn't yeah. take them but I it was just so funny he was like we gotta like it's time and I was like if you think like after my 30th birthday that's the time you're gonna corrupt me stranger then I don't like happening. you don't understand how I work there's nothing people do who do drugs love more than making people who don't do drugs do drugs yeah mm -hmm. they love it yeah. it's just like a thing that I don't know why but that that was my whole high school experience people being like you gotta try this another good girl thing though is people literally giving up on you yeah. Or, Wait, or I was just, like, oh, yeah. that girl, she doesn't and she won't, but she will just sit in the circle and watch us smoke weed. That was, that was like my role. And I was like, does anybody need any snacks? How are we doing? <laughs> you were like the mom at the sleepover. <laughs> exactly. It was the mom and mean girls. Like, if does you have any alcohol, would you like alcohol? I remember trying, I remember trying to pitch my two friends. My two friends drank and I didn't know what drinking was. So I was trying to impress them. And the night before, I remember my dad had got like a scotch at like a work party. And he was talking about how it was particularly smoky. Like it was, I don't know, he's, it was like a fire. Like there was like a campfire on the label, I remember. Like it was kind of like a thing. Yeah. And the next day my two friends were over, I was like, I'm going to impress them by knowing about this scotch. And they were like, we're going to drink. And when they meant drink, they meant pour vodka into a Gatorade. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, you guys, look at this scotch. Taste it. Doesn't it taste so smoky? Never tasted it myself, ever. <laughs> But that was like me being like, I know how this works. And they were like, we don't drink scotch. We're 15. Uh, but that was, I just thought alcohol was alcohol. And like, you know, maybe they'll like this. 
That's funny. It is, I, your friends like smoking weed and not telling you for a while. That really rings true for me. Like, I feel like my friends did like so many firsts without telling me because they were like, she's not gonna, she's gonna judge me for having sex or drinking or whatever. And yeah. I, we would have. Or and doing we would have. cocaine yeah. and then crying at a frat party. So they were right. But. <laughs> how did you, Rebecca, how did you handle being in a sorority while having this like disposition? Well, so the thing is, I don't, well, first of all, I think all of my friends were kind of like similar freshman, sophomore year. Like everybody was like the smart kid in their high school and then went to college and was like, what is drinking? Like, so I feel like we were all on that page together. And then people like sort of moved into the (laughs) illegal drug phase, but then they did it like behind closed doors. So I feel like that was, I didn't really realize because I wasn't like dating somebody in a fraternity. So I wasn't like seeing it publicly like everybody else seems okay to be. yeah and I don't know I just feel like I was very naive like I was like I'm sure some people are doing drugs but not my friends like not these smart gals and I mean most of my friends were not but um some were and it was shocking to me but we also like our sorority was kind of like we were like technically a like coolish sorority but we were definitely like everybody was a good student and like there was a God squad in our sorority and I was kind of cuspy. Like I was like friends with the God squad, but also friends with the people who were like partiers. So I feel like I was enough in the middle that people were like, we're not going to do our drugs in front of her, but also like, Oh, I was that. I was that in high school. I could hang out with kind of anyone, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Like the way I described, I was on the football team my first two years and in the marching band, my second two years, which I think is like a perfect description of who I was. Like I like I like straddled those two lines and I could kind of go between them. I preferred the marching band side. I was much more comfortable playing my baritone saxophone. But like that was I like I I liked being that person. I liked being able to like go in between at at a certain point. It was nice. I did too. I think I still do. I think I'm still like I feel good being able to be like I can go to like a thing with you where I'm not gonna do drugs and you're on Molly and I can like maybe have fun but I'm like I also could you know go to something really nerdy and have fun there too yeah, and have a good time I mean I do that like my friends I don't know I, I'll like go out and then come home and watch a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that's kind of what like my my I live with my brother and the other day he came home the other day he came home with the girl he's dating and I was I felt like I got caught with my pants down. I was smoking weed, watching a Dungeons Dragons podcast. <laughs> and I had to be like, I, I'm like, I, this, I promise I'm cooler than this. I promise this isn't how I usually spend my Friday nights, even though it kind of is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just, that's how it works. Amazing. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing your story yes, and being you. so open and vulnerable. Oh, dude, this is like, <laughs> when you were like, what makes you sad? I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what makes me sad? <laughs> um, yeah, and we don't have a time limit on it, like a therapy session, you know? But so, nice. so now we would love to ask you for your Good Girl Glossary entry, which the Good Girl Glossary is the definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. Okay. Um, you submitted one in your email. You submitted like a list of a few things. So yeah. you can pick from whatever, have as many entries as you want. Okay. What I'm wearing, I'm reading my own email. Yeah. Okay. This is, let's, let's go into this. I did wear a lot of Gap t-shirts. The Gap t-shirts were a huge fashion statement for me in middle school. If you were to see me walking around in middle school, my outfit was a Gap t-shirt 
and then the white New Balances that only dads wear. <laughs> I wore those white New Balances forever to the point where like I remember when I bought my first pair of Vans it was like a step for me and I thought everyone was gonna notice I thought like I would wear Vans and I'd show up to the school and they'd be like Jack cool it the fuck down <laughs> like that is like just cool it the fuck down and I remember how scared I was I have that with clothes generally throughout my life like I think I think I mostly dressed like a base level video game character for like a long time and then slowly, like I remember, because in, in middle school and high school, my I had my best friend lived in a town two towns over, and it was like a wealthier town than my town. It was very like uh like white and preppy. So all of his friends dressed in like button downs and khakis. And then everyone in my school, which was all Italian, wore affliction t-shirts and Ed Hardy t-shirts and a lot of like bones and crosses and chains and wolf, like wolf priests, sort of. Kind of thing so I didn't know how to dress because I was like I'm not either of those and I remember in college I bought a pair of black jeans and I was so scared to wear the black jeans <laughs> like I remember being like I don't know if I can do this like this is too flashy for me same thing happened when I tried to buy a green pair of shoes I remember I bought a green pair of shoes and it was like are you a clown who are and I was <laughs> studying abroad living in London and I bought a green pair of shoes and I was like, they're going to know. Everyone here is going to know that this isn't who I am. There's like the TikTok of the person's like, everyone knows I don't wear hats and I'm wearing a hat. Everyone knows that I'm not yep. a hat. And that's like, what it was. Yeah, and then yeah. that has happened with like fashion items. This year, I'm 29. I'm a 29 year old man. And I was like, this summer, Jack, you're going to wear shorts. You're going to wear shorts and you're going to expose your legs to the world and no one's going to judge you for them and just wear shorts. Like, I'm still in the process. Like, by the time I'm, like, 50, I think I'll dress how I actually want to dress. <laughs> and then we'll eventually get there. So, And how you want to dress is, like, spinny top hat? I, I think how I want to dress is, like, a, like, a, uh, like, a, like that uncle that doesn't have kids who's at yeah. all the parties. You know, like, the one, Uncle Jack's here. Uh, uh, like, that is how I want to dress. I want to dress like I, I was today. just thinking yeah. I really like your shirt. Thank you so much. This is I am a big uh, Target summer shirt guy. Nice. This is from Target and like even like see I'm showing a little bit of chest. That took 10 years to do. Like, <laughs> I, like you know what I mean? Like everything took 10 Ladies, years. Ladies two buttons down. Ladies two buttons down and I, <laughs> I don't that, know. That, that, that top button is the one that goes like at the nape of your neck. So it's uh Yeah, I know. Well, this this is actually fully buttoned because it's like kind of big on me, oh, but it's like I will color. go. I usually will go one button. I usually will go one button just cuz it's more comfortable. Yeah. But like I had to like look myself in the mirror and be like, "Jack, you're doing this." Um, I think my main my big sad girl or good girl glossary thing is I was a singer-songwriter in high school. Mm-hmm. Like in a big way. Like all of my friends played music. And then I just started writing. Like, I remember like when I was on the football team, kids, everyone just listened to that one Eminem song before games. Mm-hmm. Like that one, like 30% power, 10%, whatever, 30, 40%. I'm going to be a dick when I'm older. Like that kind of <laughs> that song. And I remember I was listening to Banana Pancakes by Jack Johnson in my headphones <laughs> to get like, hype. yeah, to get hyped for a football game. That's and that so was Riverdale of you to like be on the football team, but also, you know, you're yeah. soft and sensitive. You were a singer songwriter. Oh, I was, I just remember being like, why do we have to, why do we have to hit each other so hard? 
like I didn't want to be on the football team I was just a big kid in a small school like we didn't even have a football team till my freshman year of high school so basically they went around the school and recruited I was just larger like I hit puberty a little sooner than other kids so they were just like your alignment and I'm like oh god damn it and then I just did that for two years in physical conflict with people and that I it just was like totally against who I was at the time and then I just started writing songs about girls that did not exist I did that for like six years, just writing a lot of songs about like city skylines and like chasing city skylines. Hey there, Delilah. I love it. It was very Hey There, Delilah. It, hey, if I had if I had written Hey There, Delilah, it would have been my magnus opus. I would have been like, <laughs> that is like, I don't know. That was the kind of songs I was writing. I was just like a very sensitive, like sitting in my basement while their kids did parties writing songs that were just not about my own life like I didn't have anything to write about so I was just talking about dating girls in New York that I didn't date. That still don't do like it was <laughs> like it took a long time so it was a lot of like I don't know that like songwriting era of my life I really look back on is like oh, I was so when did the world corrupt me <laughs> when did like like in my 20s, I like, like now I do stand up and drink C4 energy drinks. But at that time, it was very much like sober Jack sitting in his basement, writing songs, eating a bowl of chocolate ice cream. And that's how I spent like a lot of high school. So I don't know, that was a big one. Where are these other ones? I was always into like sci-fi and fantasy stuff when no one else was. Like I grew up with a lot of kids who were playing. It was all Madden. Like every video game people played was Madden or MLB or FIFA or whatever. And I just wanted to play like Zelda all day long. That's kinda, and I have a very distinct memory of my two friends. We were raking leaves and we were getting paid to rake leaves. And everyone was just going to buy a video game with the money they made from raking leaves. And I remember they were like talking like, can't wait to play the new Madden. The new Madden's going to be sick. I want to play as Michael Vick. This is going to be sick. And they noticed that I was being really quiet about it. And they were like, Jack, what are you going to play? And I was like, ah, it doesn't really matter, guys. Like, let's, this, these leaves are almost done. And they were like, Jack, what are you going to play? And I was like, what about the leaves? And they were like, Jack, what are you going to play? And it, I said, I'm attacking the power of Juju was the game I wanted to play, which is not a well-known game, but it is. it was about a little boy with a staff and he, the staff had the power of Juju and he would use it to defeat his enemies. And was it a good game? It was a great game. <laughs> I was the only one playing it. <laughs> so like no one else was like into it with me. I don't know. I just remember I was always into those like fantasy things when kids were like sports. And I was like, Zelda, like, <laughs> Zelda, 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 Zelda. And then you grow up and you're like, Zelda is one of the most popular goddamn games on planet earth. Mm -hmm. Just like no one else was playing it at the time who I knew. I will yeah. say in um, reference to your outfit conversation and the wearing a button down at a music festival. Um, I think wearing business casual to like events where it's not appropriate is very good girl because uh like not that long ago like probably when I was like 23 ish I when my sister was in town for something and I got like tickets to um it was like the iHeartRadio music festival and oh, yeah. I was like that'll be fun like we I was like always getting tickets to like tapings and stuff at this point and I was like this would be cool like we'll go and they'll put us in the audience and I like meet up with my sister and she's wearing this like cute little outfit and I was wearing like a button-down shirt and like a like a shawl <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a big like you know what I'm talking about this? yeah it was like the, this it's like 90 collar yeah and it's like very long and just like 
takes it's like a blanket but you can wear it it's a duster yeah yeah and I I was like I look actually super cool in this outfit and then my sister sees me and bursts out laughing and was like why did you wear a shawl to a concert I was like you know I actually like really liked my outfit when I put it on so I'm not feeling great about it (laughs) I also went the opposite way sometimes because it was it was all about like not looking like I did the business casual at a concert, but then when I got older in like college, it went the opposite way. Like I just always thought everything was flashy. Like I, I, I wasn't good at dressing confidently essentially. And I was studying abroad in London and we would go out and my dorm was like, I lived in a dorm and it was 84 girls and 10 guys on the, and when you say that to people, especially guys, it's always like, yeah, hey, buddy, that must've been, it did not, have sex at all did like the whole time like and we would go out because mainly because in London all the girls like wanted to go clubbing and I would get into the clubs because I was with like 25 girls so they'd be like you can come in but every guy in London dressed like it was just like Andrew Garfield impersonators like it was just like (laughs) you like 22 year olds at a bar we're all wearing suits and like we're all like dressed really nice and the girls I was with was dressed really nice and I would be wearing a flannel from the gap (laughs) <laughs> like wearing like blue jeans and a flannel to like a club in London, like being like, who's this farmer who came out tonight <laughs> to hang out? And I remember just feeling so out of my league. I was because again, like four years behind everyone in four years from that point, I probably would have been good. I probably could have handled a club. But at that time I was in high school drinking mode, which was like, are we just going to have like bush lights in a garage? Like, <laughs> That's like where I was at. So I went like, I did both. Like I dressed too well to concerts and then I dressed too little to bars and stuff when I was like in my early twenties. How should we add these to the glossary? Yeah, well, so the first one was Gap t-shirts. Gap t-shirts. I think and Gap you, t-shirts is its own. Is its own. When you say Gap t-shirts, you mean like the big G-A-P? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You have to have the, the letters. And then every other t-shirt from Gap that they sold. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just dressed from like at the Gap was the only place that I bought clothes from until I was 24, I guess. They have good clothes. I remember I'm like going over this and it's like, I forgot all of this. I had a very specific plan. I remember when I was in high school, like, and this is in the singer songwriting phase when I was like very like, you know, emotional and stuff. I really, really planned on meeting a girl and dating her for the rest of my life. And that was just it. I never thought I'd date. I never had a plan to date. It was like, I'm going to be either high school sweetheart or college sweetheart. And that's it. And I showed up to college and I dated the girl in the dorm across the hall from me. I didn't look very far. And I was just like this. And then we were like, we're going to get married. And I was like, ah, that was easy. Took care of that. And like, I just, it's just crazy thinking, not that I'm like a crazy dater now, but like at the time, just thinking like, yeah, I'm only going to date one person and that's it. And like, that was, it's just funny having that person. Like I will kiss one person. I will like that. I remember that was a goal. It wasn't like what I thought would happen. It was like, that's what I want to happen. Mm -hmm. Which was like a good girl that, I mean, I absolutely, I had that. You too. Yeah, definitely. I also feel like I, I'm curious if this happened to you with your college girlfriend, but like, I feel like I kind of like force fit my high school boyfriend into like, this is really good. And we're going to get married Yeah, because I was like, 
I need to marry the first person I date. And I need to have this beautiful love story where we met when we were 15 and like, you know, he was like the bad boy and I was the good girl. And then we got married and it's like, <laughs> those never work out. <laughs> Dude, my girlfriend had to have a conversation with me where I remember, <laughs> this is a memory, I'm locking a memory. I remember we were in her, it wasn't her dorm room, we were in her apartment. And she was like, I'm so scared to tell you something. And I was like, what is it? And she was like, oh man. And I was like, just go, what is it? And she was like, I, I think I can't have only sex with one person for the rest of my life. <laughs> like she had to be like, there's no way I'm only, I need to have sex with other people at some point. And then, but it was with the insinuation, we'll loop back around. Like <laughs> she was like, we're still going to get married, but I got to do this other shit first. And I remember being chill with it at the time. <laughs> I remember she had to have that she like she felt the need to be like Jack I have to break something to you I think I've changed my mind <laughs> were you thinking like I'll just wait like I'll just I'll just wait while you sow your wild oats no I remember thinking at that time like by the time I got to because that was we dated for my first year so that was my sophomore year of college I remember thinking I want to do the same thing however I am not capable of it I was like mm. the fact that I had sex with you I should get an Oscar for like I like that was the effect of finding another like I didn't know in college that people because we broke up then I studied abroad then my senior year of college was really the first year I like went out to bars in like a college way with my friends and I didn't get that people would like it blew my mind that we would go out and my friends would meet a girl and they'd go home and for the first time meet a girl and then they would sleep with each other that night I didn't know people did that. I thought like, that was I, fake for movies. Mm -hmm. Me too. I didn't know that was real. I didn't know people like met the idea of like meeting someone and then having sex with them three hours later was sci-fi. Like that didn't send, like I did not know that was, and I remember talking to my friends, like girls and guys and being like, so you like just meet someone and then take them home and then you have sex and then you might not ever see them again. And they were like, yeah, college. And I was like, I it blew my mind and I didn't know like that I remember in college there was this girl who I had had a class with earlier in college and we ran into each other senior year at a bar and like one night we like made out on a dance floor as like you do in college and then I was like oh have a good night and then I went Hello. then the next week we ran into each other at the same bar we made out again and I was like all right have a good night and I went home then the then then <laughs> next week we met at the bar again and we made out and I was like oh, I'm gonna go home and she literally was like are you gonna try to sleep with me or not like what the fuck is this? like she got like angry like she was like are we what do you like she had never met a guy who operated in the way I did mm -hmm. like she was like you're really gonna go home like there this is not that's not the this isn't what we do now and I was like what oh <laughs> like I didn't know it blew my mind. Like I, that was just wasn't a concept I really wrapped my head around at all in college, which is, I don't know, which people were doing left and right. Like the, the amount of like self-deception I must've had to not notice people were doing it is, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think I made it pretty far into college thinking that people just like went back and made out. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. For surely for the first couple of times, at least. <laughs> I was like, they're, I was like, oh, they're going to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> at 2 a.m yeah I, I, was, I, I did not understand the concept concept of netflix and chill i did not understand that that meant sex i literally was like 
oh yeah we're gonna watch we're gonna like sit down and watch Netflix Mm -hmm. or it's like come over and play like a big frat thing where I was was like come up come up to my room we're gonna play Mario Kart which I guess shout out to Indiana University for that and I was like yeah let's go play Mario Kart and then I was like you're making a move on me I'm trying to beat you in Mario Kart yeah 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 I did this I'm going back downstairs my friends are downstairs bye that exact thing happened to me freshman year with the girl I was updating she like came over to watch a movie it was super size me I don't know why we were watching Super Size Me. We watched that in health class in high school. <laughs> but we were but we were watching Super Size. She was like, "Do you?" I was like, "I I was like, do you want to come over and watch Super Size Me?" And she was like, well, "Probably not a sexy movie to watch." But I was like, "How about Super Size Me?" And I remember she came over, and then we started making out. And then I remember the second time we made out. Again, this happened multiple times where girls in my life would just be like are you gonna do something here? Like, I remember she, like, I remember at one point I, like, touched her boob, and I remember being, like, afterwards, was that okay? And she was, like, I was wondering if you were ever gonna do that, because we've been hooking up for, like, two months, and I remember being so scared. So, like, the idea of touching a girl's boob was absolutely fucking insane to me. Like, that was nuts, and I remember she, like, it's so private. It's so personal. It's so personal. They're none of your business. I get it. Because that's sex to me in my head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like touching a boob is se- like that's it's not my boob. I you know I don't know what the yeah. fuck. And I remember eventually when I worked up the nerve to like do it, she was like, I remember like having my hand on her boob and being like, is this okay? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, again, I proposed every step of my sexual journey from grinding to boobs. Okay, but you like literally invented consent. Yeah, so. you invented- thank you so much. <laughs> I do. I feel like um, the time when I learned, I think I was in high school, when I learned that some people say hooking up and they mean having sex. And I was uh. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then I would like, I feel like when I was in college, I'd be like, so and so and so so hooked up. And I'd be like, but like, they just made out. Like, I don't mean sex. Like, I felt like I had to, like, clarify every time so nobody thought. I remember being so confused during that transition time in college when hooking up became sex and not making out. Mm-hmm. That, that is a glossary entry. Is it? That is a yeah, glossary entry. That's 100% is, is um, hooking up meaning a make out. Mm-hmm. Clarifying hooking up means a make out. Should we say it in unison? Yeah. Oh, I did that constantly. Because I remember okay. I didn't know. Like, that was a transition yeah. where we hooked up and I'm like, did you read to each other? Like, I don't know, like, what... <laughs> <laughs> that meant for a long time basically no idea literally behind closed doors with the doors closed for a reason <laughs> right exactly well because in uh, college people are just making out in public left and right yeah I was like it's a dance floor makeout and then I would no I would never go home with them I would never go home with them if they were lucky we got a slice of pizza <laughs> we should enter it oh yeah okay so to enter something into the good girl glossary we say it in unison so if you would like to Join us. Say, what yes. are we saying? Hooking um, up meaning making out. Clarifying hooking up means making out. Clarifying hooking okay. up. Okay, I get that. Okay. You ready? ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Clarifying <laughs> hooking up <laughs> means making out. Yeah. Yeah. I messed it up. Perfect. That's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Is there anything else from that that we want to add? See, I feel like yeah. there's so much. The Gap T-shirts, I think, is worth adding. Gap T-shirts is so worth adding. All right. One, two, three. Gap, Gap T-shirts. <laughs> it's in um i don't think if i could think of like you get you just like you just keep rattling off it's like every other word out of your mouth i'm like it's oh so my good. god this is gonna fr- but this is gonna frustrate me over singer songwriter that's good girl gone sad yeah singer song girls that don't exist i'm like 
this is gonna frustrate me because I know when we end this, I'm gonna think about like 34 more. We'll have you back. You can call in. I'll call it in. I'm trying to let me just like I'm trying to brainstorm if there's like another one. That's I thought spicy food was pretty adventurous. I was oh, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah. Dude, I was afraid of Tabasco for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have candy canes. You couldn't candy have candy. <laughs> you couldn't have candy canes. Yeah, like like mints were really oh. spicy. I believed in that fucking um in the bell from Polar Express until I was way too old to believe. It. <laughs> no it was like the idea that if you believed you heard the bell right yeah 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 i found you consider yourself a nostalgic person yes yeah yeah like very sentimental yes and i remember very this is a very sweet boy thing i did i don't know how old i was i want to say i was like 13 but polar express like like my mom used to read me polar express when i was like little like that was like Mm -hmm. a book right Mm -hmm. i remember i found it was like i remember it was a a year where I was like, I'm going to get my mom a Christmas gift and then didn't for the next six. But that year, I remember I found, I don't know how the fuck I found it. There was a Hallmark store. I was like, I'm going to get my mom the bell from Polar Express as like a gift. And I found it in a Hallmark store in like this town near me. And I bought the bell and I gave her the gift. And I remember we, I was like 14 and we rang and we were like, see the magic still there that was like i was a sweet boy it's crazy what i've become (laughs) that's so cute i think believing in the bell from polar express is another as entry all right let's do it one two three believing in the bell from polar express (laughs) (laughs) those were three epic entries epic entries those were uh chef's kiss all all like 11 of them but those three (laughs) specifically um okay now we have a little game for you we wrote you a little game because we write everybody their own little game okay sorry it's a silly little game yes we're trying to trademark that. Trying to trademark it. And by trying to, I mean, we have not looked into it, but. Yeah, that process is way over our heads, but we'd love we to. spell it with capital letters so that everybody knows. Yes. Okay. Um, this What's is... the name of the game? What's the name of the game? The name of the game is Sad of All Trades. Yeah, pretty good. So we're going to give <laughs> like you, um, we're going to give you a famous Jack and they all have like a secret hobby and you're just going to guess which one it is. Okay. Okay. So starting with Jack Nicholson. He collects something. Is it art, baseball cards, or stamps? I think I'm gonna go with stamps. It's art. He has a contemporary art collection that is apparently incredible. I and guess also a lot of allegations against him, so we don't necessarily. Is he really? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna guess stamps just because it sounded funny in his voice. Like if he were to do, like stamps. <laughs> like, <laughs> like but also picture fun. his voice talking about like contemporary art. Yeah. Damn. Funny too. Um, that's okay. Don't worry about it. This this doesn't matter. I want to win. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Where did Jack Black spend his fiftieth birthday? Was it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Disneyland, or the Bronx Zoo? I gotta go Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Disneyland. Jesus. He's like a rad Disney adult. I didn't know that. Oh, he's big Disney adult. I love him. Can I pitch you guys real quick? Because mm-hmm. I'm turning 30 next year, I have two birthday ideas for my 30th, and they both apply mm-hmm. to the podcast. One, medieval times. <gasps> Want to do medieval times so bad for my 30th birthday? That was the runner. That was like first place for a while. Then I found out that the Liberty Science Center does 21 plus nights, and I'm and they call it winosaurs, and they have oh, a gosh. bunch of they have a bunch of scientists who like went to college to like solve problems, dress up as dinosaurs, 
and dance with you on the dance floor at the Liberty Science Center and you can go into the planetarium and like drink and like watch Liberty Science Center shit. So those are my those are my those are my two birthday ideas. Anyway, sorry, quick aside. I would like to join. Yeah, I was like, oh, absolutely, you guys can come. I was like, you actually can't float this to us and then us not be able to go. You guys can absolutely come. I'm inviting everyone. When is your birthday? January. Okay, I appreciate this thinking ahead as well. I'm available. Yeah, that's also very good, girl. Thinking about your birthday, like, but not wanting to burden anybody with it. If you can come, that'd be great. But this is the thing that I planned out really intensely for months. In my mind, because it's my 30th, it's the one, like, usually I would do that. Like, I don't want to burden anyone with it. And I'm like, because it's my 30th, I can. Yes. So I'm like, I can make my friends go to medieval times or make them go to the Liberty Science Center or make them play Dungeons and Dragons with me because it's my 30th. That's true. I I think you're correct. I think in medieval times, you should make everybody dress up. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. We have actually talked about being into living history living history living history parks living history parks we like Renfairs? well we liked colonial williamsburg mm-hmm. because i'm a oh, wow. southern east coast gal yeah i had one called connor prairie um which was like they were like mostly for educational but also like the adult version is yeah going to ren fairs going to medieval times and sucking your shit up yeah we did a colonial williamsburg vacation i've been there nice. i've never been and that's actually like a like it's like a big blind spot for me um oh you're next becca i'm next mm-hmm. oh no you're next i am next okay jack harlow worked at a fast food restaurant was it mcdonald's arby's or chick-fil-a arby's chick-fil-a damn it i'm not getting any of these I, he's from kentucky I, maybe i should have led with that i think jack harlow just gives me an Arby's stench he does Literally, yeah. when I was making them up, I was like, he could work at a McDonald's, but he's really giving me Arby's energy. Um, I think the thing about the Chick-fil-A thing, though, is I can definitely see Jack Harlow being like, yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. I, I was literally <laughs> going to say that. I literally have been waiting for <laughs> the moment to say that. I'm sorry. I stole I your can, thunder. No, it's okay. Like, I just, I'm picturing his, like, red carpet, like, moments and stuff with, mm-hmm. like, Emma Chamberlain and whatever. And I just feel like my pleasure is something that would, like, come naturally out of him. Yeah. When I did mm-hmm. SNL with him, he was, like, very kind he's like he's very right? southern yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be very is he nice. really yeah That's yeah he a... was cool he was nice to be the, the nicest person i've ever met though post malone was the nicest I believe person that. I, like the nicest musical mm. guest person that i've ever post met, malone does seem like a really just nice guy yeah. he was like so stoked to be there and literally i was doing background and he was like he applauded us he was like great job everybody that was amazing i'm having so much fun That's and, awesome. <laughs> yeah he was like he was the best. I love Post Malone. That's so sweet that, that he's talking. So good. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's nice that he's talking in background too. Like that's like just a sweet thing to do. Yeah, it was. Well, he, and I think that he maybe didn't even know that we were background, which actually makes it sweeter. He just is like, everyone's here. Not. We're all having a good time. He's like, maybe he thought we were crew. I mean, actually, no, we were in, I was in formal wear maybe. No, no, no. I was, in, I was playing a high schooler. So it was like a high school sketch. Yeah. I have little pigtails. But anyway, he was like, oh, this make-a-wish child. This <laughs> high schooler is going to remember my interaction with her. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how people good. interact with staffs because I work in TV news. I do news. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell like they're the people who interact with like the workers and they're people who only act uh, interact with the hosts. And that's a really good bar to tell if someone's a bad person or not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like how you like talk to waiters at a restaurant. I feel like that says exactly. so much about a person. Yeah. That's a good tell. So shout out to um, Jack Harlow. I know he's listening. And shout out to Post Malone, who is definitely, definitely listening. And shout out, guys. Good girl gone sad. Oh, I think Post Malone is 100% a good girl gone mm-hmm. sad. Okay, this next one is funny, given our conversation. <laughs> 
Before making banana pancakes, Jack Johnson was an elite athlete. Was it cycling, surfing, or BMX? It was surfing. It was surfing. surfing. I told you I listened to banana pancakes before the uh-huh. got I know he surfing. He had to he was like a professional surfer and had to quit because of a near-death experience. Yeah. I didn't know hurt. that, but I love his brand. I love that he went from being a surfer to creating like surf music. music. Yeah. yeah. He created surf music and his recording studio was like it's all just solar panels. It's like mostly solar panels in the recording studio. I used to know more about him back in the day. That's so sweet. So that's that's a good Jack. That's a good that's a good so Jack. I'm saying a lot of these Jacks are like not necessarily great people. <laughs> mostly Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, okay, before earning his stripes, Jack White apprenticed as a what? Carpenter, upholsterer, or tailor? Upholsterer. Yes. Do you know this as a fact? Because he was Jack White um, from the White Stripes. Oh, okay. Stripes. Seven Nation Army. Yeah. He, uh, I know, I, I kind of just, I was a fan of his, so I knew that about him, but I know he offered to give Conan, he offered to make Conan's talk show couch. Oh, did he yeah, take he, it up? No, he because owned, Conan thought he was lying. No, but he, he owned know. like an upholstery shop. Yeah, he was an, he was an apprentice in Detroit for a long time, and then he was yeah. an upholsterist, and like, he would make wacky, just like Jack White couches, and it stopped working because he would like, show up in like a Dr. Seuss van because he's out of his mind, and people were like, I don't know if I can work with this guy. But he's really, really good at it. And he said he did it over the pandemic. He got back into it and was just like making couches for six months. That's amazing. There you go. See, you knew the two most obscure ones. So it, I either I either have no idea or I know too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Your okay. last one. Last okay. question. Jack McBrayer was featured in which music video? Touch My Body by Mariah Carey, Telephone with Lady Gaga and Beyonce, or Womanizer by Britney Spears? I'm going to go with Telephone. Touch, touch my, my body. body that's that hilarious though isn't that funny i didn't look it up was I this mean, in I... the 30 rock era um i think so was he wearing like the page outfit i don't think so oh my god that would have been so good maybe though. oh he's not he's not in the page outfit it looks like maybe he's like working at a hotel <laughs> but he's like in a nerd outfit yeah he's wearing nerdy little glasses he's really in it too Wow. He's like the oh, lead. he's a security guard, maybe? Is that what he looks like? He looks like an intern. Maybe Mariah he changes outfits. Damn near naked. She's in like a bra <laughs> and, and just like a big white shirt. And Jack McBrayer is in a full suit with a lanyard. Yeah. <laughs> that that trope will never get old. Like some like hot woman standing next to a guy who's too nervous to be there. That's like, that will never stop happening. Well, if you want another good, kind of fits into this, is my like crush in high school like most guys like celebrity crush rise were like at the time it was like Megan Fox probably like uh someone like that and mine was Sarah Bareilles it was always I, Sarah Bareilles I thought I thought you were gonna say Anna Kendrick I feel like you seem like an Anna Kendrick guy. it was I don't think Anna Kendrick was in my I don't know why it was Sarah Bareilles and Haley Williams from Paramore oh um, Haley Williams though that's she was naughty she had hair that was a different color than her own but it was my color <laughs> so that was the connection there uh-huh. but it, it was really Got Sarah Bareilles and Haley Williams and no one else ever ever gave those answers Sarah Bareilles is a little hilarious because you're like I'm not gonna rant you a love song and you're like but you could for me but you could for me you, you could, could for me, me girl. I mean Sarah's version of used to be mine it, I, I oh. listen to it in crowd oh Oh, album oh good. yeah so good i recently started an ssri and i was like i think i need to cry right now so i put on used to be mine by Sarah dude Mariah. she used to be mine is such a fucking good song and i picture being able to i want to be able to sing that song so badly 
like i can't like can't even come close but like like that big note she hits at the end i'm like imagine crushing that uh, imagine just like i saw her in waitress that. and she was incredible oh i bet she has an album that i don't think gets enough I th- what's it called i should know what it's called but it was the one that had like i wanna see you be brave like that yeah. one i didn't love that song but there's a song on there called manhattan that is, if you've never heard the song Manhattan by Sarah Bareilles, it is the most heartbreaking breakup song you will ever fucking listen to. And it was fucking, um, I love that song. Okay. So speaking of that song, she recently had this like Instagram post. Do you follow her on Instagram? Yeah. Um, that it was like huge. And by the way, by the way, her boyfriend's not hot enough and it bothers me. Well, didn't they break up? No, that no, well. Manhattan is about okay. I know Manhattan's about. Manhattan's it, okay? another boyfriend, I think. Okay, um, but she like put this whole heartfelt like, Manhattan will always have my heart. I da 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 da. I saw and that. She's like, and I'm moving to Brooklyn. Yeah, that was so fucking funny, Sid. <laughs> Dude, I had the exact same reaction reading that. It felt like, oh wow, she's leaving New York. She's like, see you in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I was like, what? are we being frank? She's like, she's doing this as a bit. I don't know. And actually, I really like that about her is that you can't tell if she's being funny or not, but she's always being like, no, she's so when she moved to New York, everything she posted when she moved to New York was like, I just, the beat of the streets is just incredible to move to. It's like, I was like, that's, that's a lot, Sarah. That's very Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah, It's very walking through the crowd, the village, the glow. It's like, you've never walked through a crowd. It is so (laughs) funny that you saw that post too, because I saw that. And when I got to the end, she was like, see you in Brooklyn. I was like, fucking what? (laughs) Um, okay, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'll keep you nice. Longer. Thank you. You won the game. You won the game. I didn't win the game. I, I won. Don't give me the win when I didn't get the win. Okay, you lost. Fine. Wait, you're wait, big, you're a big five. loser. I wanted. To, I almost. I almost shouted out upholstery before you said the options because I wanted to do that. You wanted the points so badly. Well, then yeah, we'll give yeah, you five points for that. Yeah. Because that's you knew. You really you knew. did know. I knew. And I did know. You and the thing about Jack Johnson, yeah. Um. So the last segment we do is we say we pass the offertory plate, which is a remnant of our religious upbringing. So anything you'd like to plug, people could put a little money in, metaphorically, or if you want to drop your Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> where can we follow you? Mostly, where can we? follow no, Yeah, you? just follow you can on Instagram. I'm at Jay Finnegan Comedy, and that's mm-hmm. the main place. My Twitter got hacked, so I don't have a Twitter anymore. No, but you're but- on tiktok with like some i'm on tiktok at, so at jay finnegan comedy on tiktok and instagram i was like dare i say people follow you there i'm bad at promoting myself you can find his um four loco hot takes on probably you both can. Of those platforms right you can find my four loco you don't hot have a podcast do you jack i don't have a podcast you should you have a good podcast voice i should i, would, I should uh, yeah you and yeah. Bo, you and Bo should just shoot the shit. You yeah, should do right? um the, the just the male version of Good Girls. <laughs> yeah, you should do Good Boys concept. Good that was totally that. a Good Girl concept. We'll, st- we'll start a network. We'll start a podcast network. But, but anyway. this is fun as shit, guys. This was awesome. Yeah, it was so, so good fun. to talk to you. I'm yeah. so excited for your birthday in January. Yeah, <laughs> no, dude, come, come to the Liberty Science Center. We could 100. Well. We could dare I say hang out before that though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dare I say that'd be nuts. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram and at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, the Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review 
on Apple Podcasts. We will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five-star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. And neither should you. (laughs) Bye. Bye!